Welcome to the Profitable Farmer Podcast, where we share stories and tips to help you run a better farming business and create your very own freedom farm. If you're looking to work smarter and not harder in your farm business, welcome, you're in the right place. G'day everyone, welcome again to Profitable Farmer. This is our first podcast for 2024 and I want to wish you all a very happy new year. I hope you've had a chance to rest and have some time perhaps at the coast or water skiing or whatever it is that we all do do on, uh, on and over the festive season, but, but hope you're all incredibly well and I hope you've had a positive 2023 and a strong finish to your season. It's wonderful to see the talk of El Nino dissipating and and even some commodity prices bouncing back, especially around the, the meat protein side of things. So, yeah, Happy New Year, and I hope you're incredibly well. I sit here this morning, and it's um it's early Australia Day. It's early morning on Australia Day, and I can't help but just stop for a moment and think, gosh, how bloody lucky are we? You know, I think today is a wonderful day just to celebrate how fortunate we are to live in Australia. Um, I'm reading a book at the moment called Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, who was charged with the responsibility of analysing and studying. He committed his whole life to studying the most successful 500 business owners of the last century. And um, Andrew Carnegie charged him with that responsibility and he committed to that and dedicated his life to researching what it was about the likes of Henry Ford and um, Rockefeller and Einstein and so many other incredibly influential people on the planet. And his book, Think and Grow Rich, if you haven't read it, is an absolute Bible on what it is to achieve at the highest level in life and in business. And um, he talks about that one of the key things that distinguished those leaders and those great business minds from everyone else that happened to be workers in factories and in businesses of that time was a deep appreciation and real gratitude for everything that it was that they have. And for me, it is a hallmark of high achievement that before we can go after any sort of growth or even attract anything else that we want into our lives, what we've got to do is find a way of being really grateful and having real appreciation for what it is that we're already lucky enough to have. And um, yeah, I can't help but say that I'm feeling so grateful to be an Aussie and so grateful to be lucky enough to have a farm and run a farm in this great country, how lucky are we to be living in the areas that we live, doing what we do with the autonomy and the freedom that we get to enjoy um, with our families, in great communities, in such a safe and affluent environment. And so, you know, if it, if it serves you, I'd encourage you today or in every day to take time just to stop and reflect and find something to be grateful for. I've had gratitude as a practice of mine for years, 
And every morning I pull out my gratitude journal and I write down 10 different things that I can think of to be grateful for. You know, I talk about farming and Australia and all those things today, but what about our eyesight? What about the fact that I've got 10 working fingers and a useful left and right arm? What about that I can walk unaided um, and that I have good health and that my kids have their health and, you know, that I've got a roof over my head and that I'm lucky enough to own a car and a ute? And then our kids, you know, have the opportunities that they have. I um, There is a YouTube clip called Miniature Earth and it's been watched by millions of people. And if you haven't watched it, I encourage you to go on Google Miniature Earth and find a YouTube clip. But it talks about the fact that if we've got a roof over our head and shoes on our feet and a wallet in our back pocket, we belong to the 5% of most well-provided or most privileged people on the planet. There are so many people in this world that live on subsistence and in you know, a third world environment where wallets and shoes and, and roofs over heads are not a given. And um, so if we have those fortunes and we have those privileges, then for most of us, we have farms that are worth millions of dollars. Perhaps we belong to the top three or 4% of wealthiest and most well-provided for people on the planet. And sometimes in adversity, like last year when El Nino, interest rates, inflation, commodity prices tanked, and we found ourselves in a version of adversity and even for those experiencing flood and fire, you know, and some of those challenges that do exist in our industry, it can be easy to lose perspective and to forget about just how lucky we are and how many things we've got to be thankful for and grateful for. So I'm not going to harp on about this, but um, I do just suggest that it can be really powerful um, as we set down foundations to grow and succeed at a higher level, to start that journey just by finding thanks and appreciation and gratitude for what it is that we already have. And just remember that we probably already are in the top 5% of well-provided and wealthy people on the planet. And um, we've got a lot to be thankful for, for, for being in that space. And while I'm rabbiting on and carrying on about all things appreciation and gratitude, I just want to say how thankful I am to be able to lead this podcast and to be able to interview some incredible Australian and overseas agri and business superstars. It is a real privilege. And I just want to thank you for your loyalty to this podcast and for your following it and for the feedback that we get around um, how it is supporting and adding value. We really enjoy doing this as a team. I love the opportunity to lead this podcast. So thank you for tracking with us. Thank you for being on the journey with us. And um, if I could, and as we launch into 2024, I've got a request. If you have someone in your industry or in your region, your community or your family that is doing something of note and really significant, 
um, perhaps an unsung hero in your mind, I would love to consider interviewing them on your on this podcast. And so I'd love for you, if you think of anyone, to jump on the Profitable Farmer Facebook group, and I'll put a note up there shortly, and um, just let me know who they are, what it is about them that you think is pretty special, and um, how I might be able to make contact with them to have them and their story honoured and shared through this podcast. The other option that you have is to email support at farmownersacademy.com if there's someone you have in mind. Um, I'd love to consider interviewing them if you feel like that that's um, going to add value to other listeners. So thank you for that. I sit down and watch the uh, Australia Awards being handed out today and there are just some amazing people in this country doing some amazing things. Emma McKeon, Young Australian of the Year. I mean, what a great role model for the next generation of, of Australians coming through. And um, there are so many good people in this country doing great things. They get acknowledged from time to time. But if you know of people that you think this podcast could uncover their brilliance and their genius and their impact, um, let me know. I'd love to um, have the chance to chat with them. So starting a new year, often comes with setting down new, new goals or reflecting on our reason for being and our purpose and what it is that we're a way to achieve. I've had some really cool conversations with a couple of our FOA members recently and one of them sticks in my mind and the question was around that, that, that our client wasn't clear on their purpose. They've been farming for 20 or 30 years but they felt like they were losing motivation because they just weren't clear on what their purpose in life was. And so often, a lot of us do that deeper reflection on what it is that is our reason for being, why are we here, what's our vision, what's our mission, what's our purpose. And so thank you for that question. And it just got me reflecting and say, so in this podcast, I just want to speak to that if I could, in the hope that it supports some of you explore this for you. I've been lucky enough over the last decade or more, even 12 or 14 years, to study or to attend a course called Money and You, which then became Business and You. And it was written about 60 years ago by Marshall Thurber, who is one of the most amazing business minds of our time. Um, so there's a whole lot of generalised principles in nature and in life that um, he teaches around that have come from the likes of Napoleon Hill and Einstein and others, um, Buckminster Fuller, Deming, and a whole lot of greats from the yesteryear. And Marshall has condensed some of those incredible generalized principles for entre entrepreneurship into this three-day course called Money and You. I've attended it seven or eight times and been lucky enough to be in a mastermind group with Marshall, which was absolutely incredible. Um, but one of the principles that he teaches speaks to this whole concept of purpose and finding our purpose really strongly. And he uses the analogy of a worker bee, that bees, their purpose in life, the worker bee, is to collect pollen or nectar for queen bee. And so if you can think about that metaphor as a worker bee just going about their day, tirelessly going after the goal of 
collecting pollen and bringing it back to the worker bee, that that is what they do tirelessly and energetically and their goal is to provide. Now, the bee in the doing of that has no concept that at 90 degrees to their pursuit of collecting pollen and nectar, that they are cross-pollinating the planet. And so the law of precession and the reason orbit a planet's orbit in our solar system is a function of the law of precession, is that there is always something happening at 90 degrees. When you drop a pebble in a pond, there is a ripple effect. And so an action like the pursuit of pollen or nectar for that worker bee, at 90 degrees, there is a higher social and moral purpose achieved. And I guess the reason I raise that is that so often many of us are trying to find our purpose in life, but the reality is, according to Marshall, that if we just find a meaningful and worthwhile goal and we go about an active and committed pursuit of that, like the worker bee does, that the impact that we will have on the planet and our purpose and reason for being will always be revealed from us. It'll happen at 90 degrees and out of the corner of our eye. And so if we think about that more broadly, if we just tirelessly go about pursuit of a meaningful, valuable, motivating and worthwhile goal, then how we will be remembered after we're gone is outside of our control. The impact we'll have on our family, our community, the industry, all those things might just be well be, be beyond our comprehension. And it's not something that we need to try and define or write down or control. And so I hope that makes sense. And it's how I responded to our member who asked this question is to just to relax on trying to find your purpose and your mission and your reason for being. Just set down a worthwhile goal and be in pursuit of that. Now, the reality is in this that where we are right now isn't it because it's not at our goal. So when we set down a goal, it's to move forward and to somewhere different and better than where we are. But the reality is when we get to that goal, we need to set down another goal. And often people get um, that experience of deflation after the attainment of a goal. So it's actually not about the goal. What it is about, the importance of goal setting is that it gets us in motion. You can't steer a parked car. And so what's really important is to set down a meaningful and worthwhile goal that you're willing to commit to. And the power of that is that it gets us in motion towards something. And procession only happens when we're in motion. But while we're traveling in motion towards the goal, we get feedback. And a bit like traveling down the highway of life, it can be the little gadunks on the side of the road, the little cat's eyes, and where you can use those to course correct. So we get positive and negative feedback in pursuit of a goal. If we ignore that positive or negative feedback, 
then we might get the 4B2 um, guideposts. If we ignore those, then it could be a more major piece of feedback, which might be the gum tree or other. Um, so there's minor, medium and major feedback that comes while we're in pursuit of our goal. And what Marshall talks about, it's important to look at that feedback out of the corner of your eye, positive and negative, and use that as feedback to course correct actively in pursuit of our goal. So it's actually really important to be in motion towards the goal. And it's being in motion that will have our purpose start to reveal itself out of the corner of our eye at 90 degrees. Now, when it comes to the goal, I believe that we can set down a couple of different types of goals. If I set down a selfish goal, which is just to make money for me or to make the most yield or the most profit, that's okay and that might motivate and enrol me, but it probably isn't necessarily going to motivate and enrol our employees, for example, or our contractors or our suppliers. So what I believe is more powerful than that is to, to find a way to set down a goal that is somewhat selfless. And Marshall talks about that the point of entrepreneurship is to seek to add value. And if you can have a goal that is adding value and in the service of others, that's when you can enrol and inspire people to come on your journey with you and actually can find a deeper way for you to be more motivated to get into more motion and take greater action because your goal is selfless, focused on serving others and adding value into the lives of others and making a difference in a marketplace or in a community that is right around you. He also talks about that the point of having a meaningful goal is to seek to find ways to achieve more with less. So having goals that are in the service of others and goals that seek to drive towards efficiency and better outcomes can be really compelling. Buckminster Fuller talks about the fact that the whole point of entrepreneurship is to create an artifact. Now, if we think about it, we used to light, match, uh, light fires without matches. And imagine trying to put up a fence without a set of pliers. Imagine trying to communicate across the country without a telephone or write a letter without a pen. Now, all of these things that I look at at my desk, sunglasses, watches, pens, keyboards, everything, even this microphone I'm talking into, someone has invented that. An entrepreneur has invented that. They've created an, an artifact that has achieved more with less and added value to a marketplace and made my life better. Like we're living lives now that are at a level and a standard that only royalty could have dreamed of 30 or 40 years ago. And it's the result of entrepreneurs inventing and creating artifacts that improve the lives of others. And so I think often as commodity producers, we forget that the point of entrepreneurship is to find ways to do things different and better and to achieve more with less and find ways to add value into the industries that we operate in. So what I'm suggesting here too is when you set down your goals for this year, and you think about, and our members 
know that we talk a lot about what is your big, hairy, audacious goal? Where does your core focus need to be? And what is your core focus for your business? What are your 10-year goals? And then breaking that back to what are your three-year goals? I want you to think about how you could create those goals to not just be about yield and hectares and dollars that might allow you to grow your balance sheet, but how can you create goals that are selfless and are um, about adding value and serving others and making an impact and contribution even beyond your farm and family towards the team that you employ, the community that you operate in, the marketplace and the market and the industry that you play in? What is it that could be the compelling and inspiring goal that will enrol and engage your team around you that could be seeking to add value, seeking to create that entrepreneurial artifact and seeking to be in the service of others? So coming back to the book, Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill talks about that there's a six-step process to creating very meaningful goals and then attracting and manifesting them into your lives. And so he talks about firstly being setting down a meaningful goal but then being completely committed to it. He talks about fitting in your mind the exact detail of the goal you desire. Determine as step two exactly what you intend to give in return for the goal that you desire. To create and establish as step three a definite date when you intend to possess that goal in reality. As step four, to create a definite and clear plan for carrying out everything that needs to happen in the attainment of that goal and to begin at once, to get in motion and put this plan into action. As step five, to write out a clear, concise statement of the amount or the goal that you intend to achieve. Name the time limit for its acquisition. State what you intend to give in return for the achievement of the goal and describe clearly the plan through which you intend to accumulate it. And then to put that to your wall and to read it out loud every day at least once without fail. The other law that sits really nicely beside the law of procession in the attainment of any goal is the law of procession, the law of frequency. And we can set down a meaningful goal at the start of the year and put it in the cupboard and wonder why it might not happen. Or we can put it up on the wall with the accuracy that Napoleon Hill sort of suggests in Think and Grow Rich and then read it out loud to ourselves every morning and every night perhaps before we go to bed. And the law of frequency, it has been proven, helps rewire our neural pathways towards the attainment of that goal and then we seek out consciously and subconsciously things that are going to support us and help us in pursuit of that goal. And there is a theory out there that through frequency of interaction with that goal that we can tap a higher power or um, a higher intelligence that can support us in our pursuit of that. 
the way that I've heard that framed up and we speak to this, that every goal that we write has to be smart, specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and time-bound. But I guess I'm also suggesting that ideally it's somewhat selfless and it's about making an impact and being in the service of and adding value to the lives of others. I hope that makes sense as you go about goal setting for 2024 and beyond. I think as farmers, sometimes we think that we're just commodity producers. I'm just a wool grower. I'm just a meat sheep producer. I'm just a cropper. Um, and I think because of that, we can, sure, we can produce commodities, but I actually think we are actually some of the most entrepreneurial people on the planet. Um, there's so much complexity and so much innovation that we need to embrace and implement around farming businesses to make them sustainable and efficient and viable long-term that we are the ultimate entrepreneur, in my opinion. And so the other construct that I love to speak to around this is the ladder for avoiding being stuck in a price trap. It's how to avoid the price trap. And Marshall Thurber speak to this brilliantly, that when we're a commodity producer, we're a price taker, largely, where we take our item to the market and we get the price of the day. Now, the next rung in the ladder is to make our commodity a product. And an example I'll use is that I'm buying some seed oats from my neighbour this year for sowing. Now, he's going to seed clean that and do a germination test on it. And then I'm buying it from him at a price way above what he could take, what he would receive if he would take that item, the oats, a tonne of oats to the market because he's now selling a product and he actually gets to name his price for moving from commodity to seed oat product. Now, the next level up on the ladder for avoiding the price trap is to offer a service. And if you can then put product and service together, then you've got an offering. And in each of these instances, the value or the price that you can arrive to the market with goes up exponentially. So the bottom level is commodity. The opportunity, and for those of you that are looking to go direct to consumer or whatever, we can go from commodity to product. If we can overlay a service and then take that to the next level and make it an offering, like Bunnings does, they sell products, but they focus intently on service and they arrive to the market with a compelling offering that gives them the ability to have a real market share and add value beyond just the average hardware store. The next level up is unique client experience. And if you can focus intently on, if you're a RAM stud producer or if you're a butcher or um, you've got a, an entrepreneurial project that complements your farm, if you can create a unique client experience that is five-star or six-star, then that's when you truly get to start charging at a premium end in the marketplace. And I think about a restaurant over at Ambula on the coast that has a set menu and there are 80 seats 
and it's booked out so much in advance because you arrive and the experience is unique and compelling such that you don't get to choose the wine you drink or the food you eat. But the experience is so good that they have a waiting list out eight or 10 weeks and they get to charge whatever it is that they like. Now, the next level up, Marshall Thurber calls Lanyap, which is, I think it's French for surprise and delight. And so if you can then take that unique experience and take it completely to the next level, and an example that I would give is that if you happen to have a hotel or um, a retreat on your back hill, say, and there's one here near us um, that you can book out a little hut on a back hill of a farm, um, a luxury retreat for couples, they offer a unique client experience. But an example of taking that to the next level is meeting us on arrival and getting to know us as guests and discovering, for example, that we love champagne and that um, I'm interested in shooting. And that the next day that, for example, that a, you know, an offer to, to take me hunting or to arrive with a beautiful bottle of champagne because that is our interest, is taking that unique experience again and making it seven star, if you like, which overlays a personal surprise and delight, a wow factor that we will, as the consumer or the customer or the guest, remember forever. And if you can do that, then everything can kick in. You can charge whatever price you like for what it is that you're offering the market and that word of mouth will spread and business then becomes a bit self-fulfilling. And so that is how entrepreneurs can avoid the price trap and move away from selling a commodity. And so as farmers, I think we've got two options. Either we sell commodities on scale and really efficiently, and we accept that we are price takers, but we do it on scale, low margin, high volume, or we go to the other end of that spectrum where we're offering a boutique unique value-added product and we add a unique client experience and then surprise and delight so that we can be high margin, low volume. And so I think there's a real strategy around how we achieve that. And Greg Johnson and at Farm Owners Academy, we talk a lot about the importance of getting your business model right. And it can be your business model that you go to market with as entrepreneurs that can be the thing that sets you free. And so we've got to make a conscious decision on are we low margin, high volume commodity producers and we accept that we are price takers or are we going to go all out the other way and be high margin, low volume, but be able to name our price with what it is that we offer? And if that's the case, what Marshall talks about is to be really clear on that so that you're not stuck in the middle. Being in the middle isn't it. Being on one side of those two is so important. And once you're clear on that, then setting down meaningful goals as we've touched on and then being in pursuit of those with real passion, real commitment, real intent is what it's at. And then the law of procession talks about that at 90 degrees, 
in the doing of that, the impact that we'll have locally and beyond can be beyond our comprehension, which means we can relax on the notion of needing to know what it is that is our purpose or reason for being in life. So that's the law of procession and the law of frequency applied to business and entrepreneurship um, as sort of shared and taught to me by Marshall Ferber, who is, as I say, just an absolute superstar of business and leadership and entrepreneurship of our time. For me, I think the last part of this is to set down goals that stretch you. Um, be really clear as you go about goal setting that they need to be beyond your comprehension. So 80% of a massive goal is better than 100% of a small one. It's got to be a real stretch and it, it's got to be beyond your comprehension, which kind of means you've got to set down goals where you don't know how it is that you're going to achieve them. And then if you are in pursuit of those and you do throw them out there as intentions into the universe, that there is this concept of higher intelligence, that you can then put them out there and trust that they will arrive to you if you stay in motion at some point and often in ways that are beyond your comprehension. And you know, I feel very privileged to be part of the leadership team at Farm Owners Academy. My example of this is that 22 years ago, Jane and I set down an intention that in our careers, we wanted to make a difference of significance in the lives of regional Australians. And so I went to work business coaching and Jane went to work as a physio, supporting individuals and supporting small businesses across regional Australia. And we've had that as our intention for some time. Now, I had no concept 22 years ago when I set down that down that, that six years ago I'd land on a conversation with Andrew Roberts and say, hey, mate, if ever um, you need a hand in Farm Owners Academy, let me know. I'd love to help you. Um, he rang me back the next day saying, mate, we want you part of our team. And so now for setting down that intention 22 years ago, I find myself self to be part of an incredible team and a significant project that is genuinely making an impact in regional Australia and in Australian agriculture and helping hundreds of farming families achieve more profit, to feel more control and to pursue that sense of real freedom around how they build out their teams and run their farms. And so encourage you to set down meaningful, selfless, inspiring goals and then go about them with real intent, focus on them with real frequency, but be okay not quite knowing how it is that you're going to attain them and just trust that if you stay in pursuit of that for long enough, that at some point some sort of higher power, whatever that is for you, will arrive them into your lap. There's this concept in Think and Grow Rich that thoughts are things, just like sticks and stones. And once you have a thought, and if you stay committed to that thought, be it positive or negative, it has to arrive into your reality. And I love that concept. And um, I do encourage you to grab Think and Grow Rich if you haven't read it already. It speaks to this whole concept of setting down meaningful and entrepreneurial goals and then their attainment 
incredibly powerfully and based on the truths and the successes of 500 of the most successful business owners of our time. So anyway, that's me reflecting a little bit. It's me being deep in goal setting and thinking about the impact that we have um, in this next year. And I hope that that concept of the law of procession is um, of use to you as you go about thinking and planning for your business this year. Take care, everyone. Look forward to our next connection in our next podcast. I've got some incredible speakers lined up, including a surprise celebrity athlete in our next meeting. Um, Can't wait to connect with you again. And a reminder that if you've got anyone in your community who you think could be a great interviewee and a great person with an incredible story that is worthy of uncovering, um, send me a note on Profitable Farmer Facebook group or email me at support at farmownersacademy.com. Would love to have a chance to interview them. Thank you, everyone. Have a great year. Again, happy Australia Day and speak soon. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Profitable Farmer podcast by Farm Owners Academy. If you're new to this show, be sure to follow us. If you've been a long-time listener, let your friends know about us or come continue the conversation in the Profitable Farmer Facebook group. All the best as you grow your business and create your freedom farm. Until next time, keep being incredible.